Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The biggest football games of the season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to place your bet. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Holden with Vison, it is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Got a fun show set up for you today. A lot of the things I'm going to be putting out, a lot of the content I'll be putting out here just before the holidays is going to be a lot of betting strategy, going to some of the smartest people that I know in the sports betting industry and picking their brains. And today I got a kid that I think is one of the best young bettors in the business. And a lot of people are saying this now, his name is Tyler Hicks. He's with Run Pure Bets. And on this, I want to talk to him about strategies for betting player props in both the National Football League and in the NBA. We'll talk about using trends, whether or not he's on my side, where it really has to be something very recent and it's got to blow me away. Live betting. Many of you are into live betting. I'm into live betting. I love live betting. I'm profitable in live betting. Tyler and I are going to talk about some of the strategies we use to help you be a good live better, especially if you've never done it before. And then also betting futures and sides and totals. A lot of good stuff going on here. Again, Tyler Hicks, my guest on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. So here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers, going to continue talking some game theory, some betting strategies, because I think in the long term, this is probably what's going to be most beneficial to you, the viewer or the listener. And as my buddy Keg, who comes on the show every Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, as he says, one of the best young betters in the history of the world. Tyler Hicks from Run Pure Sports joining me right now. Tyler, wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for the time. And before we even get into, hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. Like, there's a lot of betters out there that are full-time betters. You are as good as just about any full-time better, but you have a real job too. What do you do and how do you manage to find enough time to bet and win at betting too? Well, I work overnight at a fiberglass plant. It's technically a machine operator title, but really running the machines just kind of like dumping some resin in, tying some fiberglass in. 
and I work 12 hour shifts. So I work for maybe three of those 12 hours. The other nine, you're kind of just hanging out, making sure the machine doesn't mess up. All that time, I'm just spending on my phone, looking up research, looking up lines, making sure, seeing if I can catch lines before they move into the morning. Because that's the benefits of working overnight is you catch the lines as they open. And sometimes you'll catch a football line three points ahead before it hits 7 a.m. Yeah, that that's a great point. And the other great point is if you want to be a full-time better and or a part-time better and have a full-time job, get one like Tyler. Go do an overnight and work three of your 12 hours. And then you can look at lines all the time. Hello, Tyler. Wonderful to see you, hear your voice. Thank you very much for hopping on. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that's interesting, too, because one thing I've learned from all you guys is to get there early on these lines, right? So in the NFL, the lines will pop, what, very, very early Monday morning? What time are you, do you usually see them? I usually see them around midnight, 1 o'clock out here, but I'm in mountain time. So sometimes, mm -hmm. like, for instance, that Green Bay-Baltimore game this past week, if you would have bet that the previous Sunday right before Baltimore and Cleveland kicked off, you could have got Green Bay minus one. Now, mind you, it wouldn't have hit. You would have pushed because they won by one. But that line got all the way up to seven once the Lamar Jackson news came out. So that's some of them spots you'll look for to catch that line early. Yeah, that was an absolutely wild game in its own right. So, yeah, I think that's one way to get an advantage, at least over the books, is come out and try and get the best line possible. So when you're looking for these best lines, right, do you have a number that is in your mind when you're attacking this, or is it just something where you're viewing it and saying, hmm, this line doesn't look light or it doesn't look right, it's going to move, so let's hit it now? I always think my first initial thing when I go to look at my bets for the week, I'll jump in and I'll just scroll right through all the games and just take a look at the spreads and the totals. And just like you said, I want to see if any of these numbers stick out to me, like that's a little bit too much, it's a little bit too less. And sometimes you catch numbers that are too much, but other times you see them and it's like these are obvious teaser spots. You want to knock it down to two and a half, maybe even one, and just do all the long teasers with them. And then you just got to check injury reports also because some of those numbers fluctuate. You think you have a good number, but then some of the guys you need in that game are on the injury report, and that's why that number is where it's at. You know, that's interesting because for me, I kind of come up with my own lines. Now, as far as betting sides and totals, more than anything else, I'm an under on the totals, which really is not a great thing to be in the NFL early in the season, but we kind of really can go into under mode now, and we've discussed that off the air where so many of these games are going under in the NFL. But I come up with my own line, and then if I see something that's completely out of whack, I'll, I'll th and usually this happens one or two times a month when I'm sifting through the lines, trying to find something that I think is out of whack. But for you, are you saying this is more of a field thing or you're just targeting for teasers specifically? Get into that a little bit more. You're sitting there in the middle of the morning, early, early, early morning at work, watching the machine work. You see the lines pop up. Get into that process for me. Yeah, I mean, I go in, I would say I'm just pulling up the lines from this week just to give you an example. Like if I'm scrolling through them, I see Green Bay, Cleveland, Green Bay is minus seven and a half. That one's right at the top of my list right now because if you tease that down to six, you're getting down through the six to three. So you're down to two and, or yeah, you're down to one and a half. So you're right around that spot where you want to be. The other one I'm looking at, the Colts are playing Arizona. It's a Colts are plus two. You tease that up to eight, you get them through the touchdown. I don't think the Cardinals are going to blow them out. Another one you look at, Chargers playing the Texans, nine and a half. You knock that down by six. Yes, you're not getting through the three, but three and a half against the Texans team, it's pretty bad. I think the Chargers can win that game by at least four when they need that for playoffs positioning. 
Another one, Falcons minus six playing Detroit. Knock that down by six. All the Falcons have to do is win the game. Uh, Buffalo playing New England. It should be a very tough game. A lot of playoff implications in that game. You add six points onto that Buffalo plus two and a half and get it up to eight and a half. I don't see New England blowing them out. And then the other one I see on this board that maybe would be a teaser spot would be Seattle playing Chicago. Seattle's minus seven. But that's just a bad matchup all around. And I don't really like teasing bad matchups because that's pretty much a coin flip game. So that's another interesting thing with teasing. Because in teasing, if you're looking at the long CLV, right? If you're if you're looking at the long-term profit, if you consistently bet through just one key number, you're probably not going to be uh, profitable, be profitable better. Is that an accurate statement or is it an inaccurate statement? I believe it's, it's a little bit of both. It all depends on who you ask. Because some guys have better luck teasing through one number. Other guys, they stick to this code. You have to tease through these three numbers to get there. See, me, I personally like teasing down from the favorite down to about a pick'em because I just haven't had luck teasing the underdogs up. Anytime I tease an underdog up, they just get blown, the door's blown off them. So the minus sevens and the minus six and a halfs are the spots I look to target with the teasers because I just feel like the favorites have a much better spot just winning the game outright than the dog keeping it close, even if it is you get it up to about eight. I mean, I had the Steelers a few weeks ago, plus eight, and they lost 41 to 10. So something you've noticed this season then is is teasing the unders, and that's going to that's, – or teasing the what? The favorites? Teasing the, teasing the favorites, the favorites down. down. Yep. And I think that's fascinating too uh, because for me, the one number – and I get yelled at all the time for this when I tell the other betters I do this. I go from 10 to 4, and I hate it too. I mean, you're talking about three and a, three and a half. That hook to me is just an absolute killer. But for some reason, I have had success teasing it down from 10 to 4. And, and, and that's the one that I don't do. That's, that's the one outlier to all this, Tyler. Like, um, I'm not going to tease through a number. Like, if the Patriots are three-point favorites, I'm not going to – or three-point dogs, I'm not going to tease through and make them three-point favorites. That just doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense long-term, right? Yeah, so I So, for never, me, 10 is kind of that number. Zero. You can't. You're just wasting you a tease. point. It's like at yeah. that point, like if you really want to bet on that team, just money line parlay them with somebody else. Yes, a absolutely. 100%, no doubt about it. And that's the one. The other thing, let's talk about totals. Because I was just saying this, I was on Bet Rivers and there's, I love the Rams. And we'll, we'll be playing this during Christmas week and this will live on for a long, long time in the, in the uh, universe. But, you know, we got these games coming up here. And I love the Rams uh, against the Seahawks. So I, I took everything from them, seven, seven and a half, seven and a half, and I put it down to one and a half or one. Um, there's another one going from seven to one. Some people say you're absolutely crazy for doing that. I don't care. Uh, the, the, I guess 10 and seven are the two that I've had success with. And then um, there was one instance with the Washington-Philadelphia game where I'm like, okay, let's see how I can get as close to even money as possible on this. And in this instance, I actually took a total from that Washington game from like 41 and a half to 43 and a half. And you're not going to tease totals. It doesn't make sense. None of the, none of the totals hit often enough at more than a 5% clip to where it really makes a big difference to me. 
But what do you think of that type of thing where it's not more, it's in a parlay where you're buying points, but you're not really buying points because you're going to, I'm trying to combine one number with the other number. Do you even understand what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. You're just, you're basically just trying to get that bet the even money. You want that Rams minus one. You basically want another leg just to get you the even money. So I don't really hate what you're doing there. My only worry is, is the total in that game right now sits at 41 and a half. You bumped it up to 43 and a half, so you got the extra two points. God forbid a field goal comes in and still gets you. That's my only worry there. It's when you tease totals up like that. Is like points can just come in bunches. You get a pick six, you get a fumble recovery, a punt or a kick return, then you're getting extra points on the board that weren't supposed to be there. That's my only worry about teasing totals up like that. Yeah, and I, I don't tease totals like 99.9% of the time. This was one that I saw. And I said, oh, my God, I, I already saw this game going under. So why don't you just hit the number there? I want to give myself a little cushion. You know, I could see this being a 23-20 game. So let's try and get there. I don't even know if Washington's going to score that many points. And you'll look back at this and you'll tell me whether it's a good idea or not to do that. Um, so that's good. So we just talked about teasing through the numbers. How big of uh, your portfolio weekly is teasers? And what do you love about them? I'm not not much. Like I do maybe two or three a week. You know me. I'm more of a prop guy. I go right into yep. the prop markets because I feel like the numbers are softer there. So the teasers more like I do a couple here and there every week, depending on what the spreads look like. Like this week looks like it might be more of a heavy teaser week. Last week we had so many double digit spreads, you couldn't really tease much last week. So it's just a week by week thing basically. Okay, let's get into some other things then because the player props i absolutely love player props i tell you on player props uh do a lot of player prop work myself let's talk about the strategies then and we'll start in the nfl because you do a lot of nba too what's the process of finding a prop bet to bet on the way i go about it? it is i say i pick out a matchup we'll just say i'll just give an example we'll go philly washington tonight you look at that game washington's rush defense has been pretty good their, their defensive line solid. Phillies run, they try to lean more on the run game, but we know they can throw the ball pretty well. And Washington's secondary is pretty bad. Now, I'll go on NFL's advanced stats website, and you could see the routes ran by certain receivers. I'll see where Washington's giving up most of their yardage in the pass game, and I'll go back through the Philly receivers and see which one of those guys are running the routes through those areas more, and I'll try and target that guy. So say if they're down the sideline passes that are tearing Washington up, it's probably going to be a Devontae Smith night over his receiving yards and maybe even an anytime touchdown. You also like to factor in injuries because if you can catch a guy's numbers short early in the week because, say, his opposite wide receiver on the side of the field is limited in practice all week, you could catch his yardage prop 10 to 15 yards lower than it should be because that guy's going to get rolled inactive by the end of the week. That's very interesting um, in its own right there. So let's go deeper into this then. How do you handle it with COVID? It's absolutely fascinating because every day there's something else going on, right? Oh, I mean, We've talked, all of us talked fun. about this. It's a, it's a son of a bitch is what it is. It makes, listen, this business is already, it's already difficult to win, be a profitable, but better long-term. But now you throw all this into it. Now, and personally, I'm like, I'm break even in the NFL this year, and I'm absolutely happy about that. This, to me, is just a new challenge, and how have you adapted to it? 
Yeah, I mean, I just ke always keep a tab on my computer open with the COVID list. And that's another thing. I look at it just like I look at the injury report because I know these guys pretty much aren't going to play that week. So you factor them right out. So say wide the wide receiver room for a team gets destroyed. You probably want to look at the tight ends or the running backs receiving yards because they're not going to play 1955 football like the Patriots did a few weeks ago and just throw it three times a game. So you might catch short numbers there. Say if the running back room's destroyed, then you just go to the receivers, receptions, and receiving yards because they're going to have to dink and dunk. They're not going to be able to air it out deep the whole game because they're going to send the guys deep because they know they're going to pass. And if the quarterback room gets ravaged, I just leave the whole entire game alone because you don't know what could happen there. Just throw the complete thing out. Yeah, just, just go to another out. game if the, if the quarterback room is getting destroyed by COVID. So any positional, any other positional um, thoughts, betting a, a quarterback, betting running back, betting tight end, betting wide receiver, any other things that you can really dig into on those positions and share with us how you're going to bet those props? Yeah, one other thing I look at when I'm looking at props is I go into the CBS Sports website. You could pull up fantasy points per game versus position. And you could see which defenses are just getting hounded by, say, tight ends, wide receivers, or running backs, and how they're getting hounded by them, if it's in the pass game, if it's in the rush game, if they're letting quarterbacks throw for 300 yards. And you could break it down week by week to where you could see if the last three weeks, if they lost a few guys on defense, if their defenses just fell off a cliff, and now they're giving up all these tons of yards to where at the beginning of the year they looked great. Now, that is that is terrific because there is a direct correlation between – fantasy football, whether it be daily fantasy sports, which is I'm really big into, or just your normal fantasy stuff, because you're actually using those numbers for player props. And I think it's brilliant, right? Yep. So that, that's it. Every single game, you'll go in there and dig into it. How detailed does it get though? Because I've started finding things like this team is number one against number one wide receivers, but number two wide receivers crush them. This team is an amazing defense, but they do get shredded by wide receiver ones. So how detailed do you get with that, Tyler? I, I get pretty detailed in it. Like, for example, we looked at, say, the Bengals-Broncos game last week. Everyone thought Jamar Chase was going to bounce back and have his big game. It was like, cool on the brakes a little bit. Patrick Sertan's on the other side. It's probably going to cover Jamar Chase. And you seen that last game, it was more of a Tyler Boyd game. He went off in that Broncos game because they even had another corner on T. Higgins that they were able to lock up. So if it's a good pass defense and they have multiple corners, probably want to look at their slot receivers or even, say, a team that plays the Eagles. Darius Slay, great corner. You don't want to go against him? Well, the guy doesn't cover receivers in the slot. So if you have a top receiver that will move to the slot, you could still be fine targeting him. So those are another thing you have to see is where corners are playing on the field. Like a guy like Jalen Ramsey, he covers the entire field. He'll go into the slot. He'll cover on the outside. So betting against him is kind of tough because he'll follow that receiver around the whole game to where other guys will just stay on an island. And you can kind of get away from him. Yeah. Uh, not to, I would say, not to give all your secrets away, but where do you find the stats? It seems like for you, you're digging in, you're looking at matchups, which is more, I wouldn't even call it as much statistics as, you know, just – knowledge right and a lot of us just use knowledge besides for the numbers where do you find a lot of these stats to dig in on this i get the like the game logs to see how they've done previous games on pro football reference i get all the stats on like the defense and like how they played versus positions on cbs sports 
And then the advanced stats on NFL.com is where I see like the routes ran, where these guys are coming across the field and how defenses are giving up yardage in different spots on the field. Pretty interesting. I mean, that's that, that's really interesting stuff. And that's the NFL side of things because there's more than just that. I mean, we're going to get into the, the NBA as well. So you bet mostly player props. Player props are huge. And player props really, to me, I think it's the last bastion where we have an advantage over them, right? Yes. Because, <laughs> well, instead of listening to me say that, why do you think we have the advantage over the books when it comes to player props? I think we have the advantage because you see so much nowadays. They get these numbers so close dead on with these spreads in the totals. Like, how many times have we seen this number fall half a point, a point over, a point under? So it's like they just have these numbers so locked in to where with player props, even in the like we just talked about the NFL with injuries, you can catch a spot easily with guys on a short number. NBA is even better. If you know a point guard is going to be out and you can get a backup point guard's points prop at like 10 points, the dude's going to play 30 minutes. You got to hit that over before he gets ruled a starter because then his number jumps up to around 15. Well, that's the other thing. Beating the book, right? Yep. I mean, beating the book on news. That, In all honesty, that's probably where I've made more money than anything else. There was a Matt Stafford future in the off season. I just happened to be awake at like Thursday night at, I don't know, 10.30 miles, so maybe 12.30 Eastern, whatever time it was. Schefter comes out with a report. Stafford's going to the Rams. I said, oh, hold on a second. I saw this future and I hit it. You know, that that's a big win right there. We also, we also have an advantage, I think, with the news because if the guy that's setting the lines or the algorithm doesn't get the news that we have, right? And you've been discussing this. That's our advantage. We got to try and dig every single advantage up. What other, what other advantages do we have over the books? Seriously, besides for these player props and the news, which I think also really, really does go to the, the sides and the totals too. But what other advantages do we have besides for that? Oh, that news is big. Just speaking on that. I mean, if you could be at your computer all day for the most part, and you could sit there and just watch as the NBA injury reports come across, they don't close those lines for about two to three minutes after that news comes in. You can catch some of them numbers really short. So an, I think another advantage you can have too is just following all the beat writers on tw Twitter for different teams. And then that's how you catch other news to where it's like, hey, this guy might be a healthy scratch. So you go right in, you, bat you target his backup. All of a sudden he's a healthy scratch that no one's seen coming. And you have a great number on that guy. No question. I mean, this is really good stuff. So again, I love giving picks. I love giving my opinions. But to me, this is the most valuable thing that we can give our viewers and our listeners here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. You bring sharp people on, you pick their brain, and that's going to help you with your process. All right. And you can come up with your own process. But if you're not listening to people that are successful in this business, then I think you're really, uh, really missing out. I want, can we go specifically into stats that you use to bet player props specifically into stats? Cause you, you go to CBS sports, you look up these things, just player props in the NFL. Cause we're going to get to the NBA, any stats particular that you're going to right away. One, two, three. Uh, I mean, looking at it, it all depends on which position I'm targeting. Say if I was targeting a running back in a game, I'm going to go look and see how he's done in his previous games with his rushing yards and how many attempts he's getting. If it's a wide receiver, the first thing I want to know is how many targets that wide receiver is getting. If that dude's getting peppered with the ball, that's a good thing. If Say if 
his receiving yards are set at 50 and a half, and he's cleared it the last three weeks, but he's a Deshaun Jackson type of receiver, and he's just catching a deep ball. I kind of try to stay away from those guys because it's either deep ball or bust for them. So guys like Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, when he finally comes back, just the guys that get 10 to 12 targets a game, those are my guys I love to target with wide receiver props. And then running backs that just pound the ball. James Conner the past few weeks with no Chase Edmonds just pounds the ball, scores a touchdown every week. Dalvin Cook with no Alexander Madison last night ran the ball 28 times. His rushing attempts were set around 20. So there's certain spots you can catch there with guys out. And then just other than that, the only stats I really look at are just the matchups. Okay. I mean, that's pretty simple then. So I think we've exhausted all of the strategies on the NFL side. So let's get into, and we'll get into live betting still. We'll get into the NBA and we're going to start that right now. We'll also talk futures. So NBA props, what, uh, what are the similarities and the differences betting NBA props, player props, as opposed to the NFL player props? I run a very similar, like I wouldn't call it a model because I do it all by hand, but I have the very similar method to what I do with the NBA props as I do to the NFL. I go in, I check the injury report, I see which positions are banged up, see if I can get on some of those guys that are going to play a ton of minutes. Like a couple weeks ago, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, they had all their guards on the injury report except for Monte Morris and Campazzo, and they kept setting Monte Morris's points, rebounds, and assists at 19.5 when the guy was putting up 15 points, six rebounds, and four assists. So he was just blowing that number out of the water because he had to play 40 minutes a game. Now as those guys come back, his minutes tick down, the stats come down. So that's where I like to target in the NBA with spots. And then just some of these matchups where you have teams that don't really have a big man against a team like Indiana that just has a black hole under the hoop like Sabonis that just grabs rebound after rebound, you instantly want to go in and get that rebound prop over. Instantly go and get through. So again, we're going back to the news. This is going to be a common theme. So stats on one side, using the news on the other thing. Anything else that you're using to beat the books in NBA props? I have a, to me, it's mostly news, right, for you. That, and I have a similar website. It, it gets a little more in-depth on the defense versus positioning because you could do it last 30 days, last two weeks, or last three Ooh. months, or just the entire season. And it basically breaks down the fantasy points, just like we talked about in the NFL. You go in, you look and see how they're getting, say if they're getting dominated by point guards and they're giving up 30 points per game to opposing point guards, you probably know that point guard is the one you want to target if he's a scoring point guard. If the team doesn't have a big man, they're giving up 18 rebounds to opposing centers over the game and your center coming in plays 30 plus minutes a game, probably want to be on his rebounds prop over. <laughs> I think, yeah, that might be a good thing. Get on the rebounds props over. And, and, and here's the other thing. I think... And the NBA is the one, is the one sport where I think we get an edge because of the COVID news. And I honestly, I believe that. And this goes back to me being a daily fantasy sports player because when you're playing DFS on a daily basis in the NBA, it's all about finding value in the injuries, right? It's all about finding value. So when Tyler says, I'm looking at the injury report or I see a, a bit of news come out, I'm gonna race to the book and I'm going to try and beat it by hammering this number before it moves right? So that's the biggest thing right now. I'm actually feel like we have an advantage in NBA props. Am I on the right path here? Or has that made it more difficult for to me, the one sport where I've gotten the advantage because of all this disaster, this chaos, 
National Basketball Association. They've gotten better on it this year. Now, last year when the COVID first started, you were able to catch these books with their pants down every game. They would miss something. A guy's prop would be too short. Now this year, they've kind of gotten into that role where it's like the moment COVID news hits the game, they yank the entire game off the board. So unless you know like some background information through, say, just like I said, following the beat writers on Twitter, mm -hmm. they'll know something before Twitter does and before the books do. They get you that information out. All of a sudden, boom, you get in that game. Ten minutes later, it's locked and it's off the board. So that's something big you got to keep into effect. Well, Tyler, and then you also brought up a couple, you know, you got a website where you check this, that, and this, that, and that's that. If someone's listening or watching right now and they're saying to themselves, wow, this kind of sounds like fun. I want to get in on this NBA prop game. Where is the starting point for somebody that's new betting NBA player props? The starting point for stats, the starting point for anything, a newbie trying to get into betting NBA player props. You definitely want to have up basketball reference, which is just the basketball version of the pro football reference we talked about earlier. It gives you the game log, sees how guys have done all year in their games and previous matchups versus that team. Another one I pull up is NBA.com. I go to their advanced stats and I go to their advanced player stats. I want to know how much usage a guy's getting, how his effective field goal percentage is, and just say if he's a rebounder, I want to know his rebounding percentages. So another website for the stats I look at, is it's called hashtagbasketball.com. That's where you'll get the defense versus position. That's where you'll be able to break it down 30 days, two weeks, a month, or the whole year versus the defense versus position. Okay, Tyler, uh, really good at player props really good better so let's get into another way uh, that we can win some money and that is betting futures so i know and i've been listening to you and i follow you and again tyler how do they follow you on twitter i think that's important too because it'll be good for you to get to know him a little better and some of his thought processes how do they find you on twitter tyler uh, if you just look up tyler hicks on twitter h-i-c-k-s okay. is how you spell the last name you'll probably yeah. find me my twitter handle is at th. 412 underscore. Okay. Very, we won't get into the whole genesis of that, but that's fine. I couldn't so, use the TH412 without the underscore, so I had to put it there. The th Somebody the stole things, it from the old. All right. So I go into the Discord all, all the time. We're bouncing stuff off each other. You and your Tom Brady's futures bet, right? Let's get into this specific bet because you hit it, I think. What was it at? This was months ago, and it was a great bet, but betting futures so many things that are bad that can happen to kind of knock you off of it so go back in time talk to me about this tom brady's future bet for the mvp you're still 100 percent in this as a matter of fact with godwin going down you might have a better chance of winning it now even though a rod's going nuts how did you land upon the tom brady futures bet we'll get into that first well i just went back and looked at the date on when i put it on the sheet it was august 30th was the date that that went up there now, I remember we were doing the NFL preview videos, me, keg, and spread. And we were just going through, looking at stuff, guessing teams that were going to win divisions, giving our picks. And I just kept going through the MVP board. And the, the guys at the top of that list were Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and then Tom Brady. So it was like, why are these guys higher than Brady when Brady's 44 years old, poised to break all these records this year? Second year in an offense with a ton of receiving weapons. It was like this was the spot, I think, even though the, everyone wants to give it to a young guy. We know all these guys that vote for the MVP. They love Tom Brady. He has half of a good season as these guys, though, and he breaks a few records. They were going to hand him that award. 
Now, mind you, I didn't think he was going to lead the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns up until now. But he is just having a rollover year. Now, Rodgers became the favorite after Brady was shut out last week. But I think if Brady comes back this week, throws four to five touchdowns against a terrible Jets team, which he's done a lot in his career, I think he'll revert right back to the favorite. I think there's outside factors working, too. Tell me what you think of this. Oh, yeah. This is just for I know the, where you're going with this. The COVID, now, 100% right? 100% agree. I know. Listen, I have been working in media for t- almost 25 years, and I know a lot of these writers, a lot of them, and I know their thought process. And there's, it's not going to be the whole thing, but there might be two or three guys that are upset about Aaron Rodgers because of the whole, the whole uh, vaccination thing, right? You can't factor that into a future. You, you just can't do that. And that's why I think it's so difficult betting futures. But go back, talk about this, right? Like that, to me, is going to give you a legitimate shot of pulling this off. If everything is equal between Brady and Rodgers, I think those one or two votes or maybe three votes or however many it is, I think that's going to help you. Oh, no, I totally agree. Definitely going to help me. Just, it's just how the world's set up nowadays. Everyone freaks out about one little thing. Might mm-hmm. luck into Tom Brady's MVP, even though it looks like Rodgers has had the better season. Now, I know Rodgers has the better record. But, hold, when you look at stats, are you going to take a quarterback that's throwing a 1,000 less yards than Tom Brady to win the MVP? Unless he runs for that extra 1,000, no. Yeah, he's throwing six less touchdowns. Like, what are we even talking about with this Rodgers? He just has a better record. Like, the stats are nowhere near. Rodgers has 3,400 yards to Brady's 4,400. Well, that's really interesting you bring that up because now he's playing great football, though, right? Like, he's throwing three or four touchdowns every game. Yes, but it, I, I think it's still Brady's to lose at this point. This this line is similar to how I think the Bryce Young-CJ Stroud went in the Heisman race. CJ Stroud had one nice game to where Bryce Young had a slower game. CJ Stroud became the favorite. And we've seen in the end Bryce Young still took 800 of those 1,000 votes to win the Heisman. So I can see Brady having the same thing here. He has two big wins. The Packers haven't had a dud of a game in a long time, too, Holden. They're not going to run into the playoffs at full strength like this. They're going to dud one of these last few weeks. And that's where I think Brady swoops in to win it. Well, I got to go look this bet up, too, because we were talking about news, right? So there was the rumor, and we're going to go back in time a little bit. There was the rumor that Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded or he wasn't going to report. Well, there were reports starting to come out that Rodgers is going to play for the Packers this year. So immediately I went to the futures market and I got to go look this up here because I want to see what I got it at. Uh, your unit's going to be more than my unit, but at 35 to one, I got the Packers for the most regular season wins plus 3,500. This is another way to look at it when you get the news, but that was just me uh, pumping myself up here. Let's, <laughs> let's go back into this. Rodgers, Brady, is there anybody else that we can at least take a look at? Would it would it be worth it looking at a Jonathan Taylor who basically has carried his team, the, the Colts offense, on his back and I think will continue to get a groundswell? Because right now on Bet Rivers, he's at plus 800. I don't think he's even been close to less than 1,200 uh, until this week. Mahomes is starting straight. Is there anybody else you would consider in this futures market? And would there any would there be any reason to get in on this futures market considering you're already sitting on a pretty big Tom Brady ticket? No, I mean if, if you're not yeah, if I, if you're already in on Brady, I would definitely look to hedge it on Rodgers just in case Rodgers does just reel off these last few weeks and does take it home as a back to back MVP. 
Now, Jonathan Taylor is interesting because we know how running backs are with this award. AP was the last one to win it. Taylor's having a dominant season. But I think the way that that team started the year is what's going to hold him back. And plus, having two of the greatest of all-time quarterbacks at the top of that MVP list is just going to hold him off of that award, too. And I would put Mahomes ahead of Taylor at this point because we know how the NFL is. They love Patrick Mahomes. He throws a five-touchdown game, a three-touchdown, and a two-touchdown game to end the year. He does have the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up. He could have a big game. His name could be right reinserted into this top three. That's fascinating. Okay, so let's get into something else here because we're, we're talking about betting this this future. Not just for awards. I don't bet individual player props heading into the season, Tyler, in the National Football League. And people are like, why don't you bet it? The injury attrition is just way too much. Like, if you went into this, did you have the Pat Mahomes under like 5,000 yards? Yeah, right? he's sitting on 4,000 right now, so it's going to be I close. love betting. Okay, I should I should rephrase this. <laughs> I don't bet over on player props preseason in the NFL. I just think the injury rate is way too high. Now, if you guys post an under and I like the under, I'll bet the under. If I find something on the under, I'll bet the under. But my biggest issue with betting individuals with player props on the futures is the attrition rate with injuries. There's just too many guys that miss time. Like how many, how many, in all seriousness, how many people do you know that bet Derrick Henry to lead the league in rushing? It was a bad bet at the time. Oh, I'll guarantee everyone. Right. And what happened? The guy got hurt. Like if you're betting, if you're betting running back preseason props, that to me is one of the most inefficient ways to spend your money. And I know a lot of people do it. If you're betting over, if you're betting under, I get it. If you're betting over those things, though, Tyler, I don't know if it's something that you apply, but I'm telling you right now, it's something that I stay as far away from as possible. Yeah, I stay away from it the most part. The futures I love to go for are, say, like an MVP, conference winner, Super Bowl winner, rookies of the year. I like to leave the stats out because even though injuries can get you on the other awards, mm -hmm. God forbid the guy goes down for three games and you have him over, say, 1,200 yards, and he gets to 1,000. And you're like, those three games would have pushed me over the top. So that's why I leave the yardage props out on the futures. How do you bet futures in the National Basketball Association? Is it much different from the NFL? No, it's not much different. It's pretty much the same thing. Like the MVP, I kind of targeted Giannis in this year because I figured Milwaukee was going to have another big year. I figured Clay would be back in uh, Golden State, slowing Steph down a bit, taking some shots. I also expected Kyrie to be in Brooklyn slowing down uh, Kevin Durant. So I thought Giannis was just going to have another giant year by himself with the couple of stars that are around him. But it's looking like Steph's just going to run away with it this year. No, oh, Jokic should win it, by the way. He is the best player in the league. I'm not arguing just saying. that. But just saying. I wanted to touch back on the NFL MVP real quick, Holden. Please. We They have Rodgers as the favorite. Mahomes 12-1. to Mahomes has 4,052 yards to Rodgers 3,500. Mm -hmm. They have the same amount of touchdowns, 30. Mahomes at 12 I think you're looking at this. I think you're looking at it the wrong way with this one, though. I think you are. And I'll just say this because the Chiefs offense has taken a massive step back if you dig into the numbers, right? Oh, no, it definitely has. But the record's still the one seed in the AFC. Like, these two guys have bad games. Taylor doesn't have a great game. Like, He's going to fall right back into this conversation. I'm not, 
That to me is a bet that I would never consider making. And by the way, if this comes back and burns me and Mahomes wins the MVP, then by all means, uh, I would love for you to publicly crush me because I deserve it. There is no way in hell Patrick Mahomes is winning the MVP unless Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both get injured. That is the only way that he's doing that because the start that the Chiefs had was just so abysmal and the writers are not going to forget that, right? Now their offense looks like it's coming around. And we'll see what happens over the stretch. But in all seriousness, in order for Mahomes to be a legitimate contender over the last few weeks, four weeks of the season, three weeks of the season, I think Brady and Rodgers would each have to have one absolutely horrific game. And Mahomes would have to go on one of these tears, three, four games, 350 yards plus, three, four touchdowns. To me, that is a super long shot. It's not worth it to me. Is that something that you would be interested in backing? It's something I would 100% keep an eye on. I'm pulling up the Chiefs' schedule right now because if they have a very soft schedule at the end of the year, I mean, would it surprise you if he rolled off three games like that? I mean, they play the Steelers the day after Christmas. I could see them lighten up that defense. The Bengals and then the Broncos. The Broncos are going to be the tough one, but the other two, I could definitely see them putting up 350 and a few touchdowns. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going with that. There's just too much. There's too much love for Brady. I think the Rodgers thing. We brought up the COVID thing. That might hurt him. But for me, the first half of the season with Mahomes is what's going to hurt him. And there's really the narrative here that the defense is what's winning that team games, right? Yeah. You're shaking your head. You know this. Yeah. Yeah. Chris that, Jones that, and them it. guys on that defensive line have just come up, come to life. They've just been in that backfield so much, making it easier on the secondary. So it's a hundred. I'm never going to say. Yeah, a 12 to 1 bet is never an awful bet. It's just that's one I'm definitely going to end up staying away from. But you make some good points. Um, there's a couple other things we need to get into. Uh, live betting. It is the future of betting. I think everybody would agree to that. I am more profitable live betting um, than I am uh, pregame betting in a couple of sports. And I think that in the NFL, live betting strategies are, are varied. Uh, for me, I'll, Tyler, I'll just tell you what, what I do, and I think that everybody has a different process. I will usually go into a game with a game plan. So I'm the, if there's 10 games on in the NFL, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, that, that game, that game, that game. I'm going to look at one game, maybe two games, and I'm going to say this is the price point. This is where I want to get in on it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and we move on to the next game. That's the one big piece that I can give from my, <clears throat> from my stance, especially if you're a new better, I think going in with a plan helps. How do you do it? How are you a successful live better? I'm pretty What's much process. I'm pretty much the same way as you. Like when we do football, me and Keg usually look at a game, like say, for instance, we looked at this Washington Eagles game tonight, totals at 41. If we look at each other, we're like, Hey, if this total gets up into the fifties, probably going to bet under. And, and with basketball, me and Spread will look at a game, total set at 213. If we can catch that game bumped up to around a 230 number, instantly want to come in on the under. So you do set your numbers beforehand when it comes to live betting. And then spreads, like when it comes to the NBA spreads, if a team is in a pick'em game or say they're plus five, and all of a sudden they get all the way up to like plus 15, plus 20, usually want to take that because come garbage time, they usually lay off. Or... For instance, we had a game this year. Memphis blew the doors off of OKC by, I believe it was like 70 points. Mm -hmm. the, moment, <laughs> yeah. the moment that third quarter <laughs> finished, 
you should have ran to bet the fourth quarter money line on OKC because Memphis wasn't playing. They were pulling guys out of the stands at that point to play. OKC won that fourth quarter easily. So if you can find a game where it's just a blowout and it looks like this game is just a, there's nothing to be made here, the underdog in the fourth quarter on the money line is usually the way to go because the winning teams usually send in, in their scrubs at that point. Mm. So here's the last couple of things. Um, trends. Thoughts on using trends. I'm not a huge trends guy. It's really got to stand out and smack me in the face, okay? Let's just say, you know, this year, Team A in the NFL has scored over 21 points, uh, nine out of the last 10 games. I'll go look at the matchup. Okay, that's a trend I'll use. To me, it's really got to slap me in the face. You go back to the last 21 meetings over the last 16 years from these two teams, that, that to me is a bunch of garbage. That doesn't help. What trends? Do you like to use, if any? No, I 100% agree with you. I don't, if I'm going to use trends, I want trends on the team with the roster that's been pretty much there. So I'm not going back any farther than, say, three to four years because rosters change so much, especially with the NBA. We see guys just flip-flop teams every year. So I don't want those trends that are 16 years back to when Rex Grossman and them guys were playing quarterback for teams. I want trends where those guys were on the teams and they were playing these same, same exact matchups. Like, if I was looking for a trend in this Philly-Washington game, I'm only going back two to three years. They played twice a year, pretty much the same rosters the past couple of years. So those are trends I'll look to use. None of those long-term trends, though. No, the long-term trends just don't make sense to me. And I know there are some cappers that use it, especially the old-school guys, and they're successful at it. But I don't think you, I don't think a new better can be successful doing what the old-school guys do. A lot of them bet on field, too. Very few, there's very few really great field betters. We work with one, Tony, Tony Niehaus, Big T. He's a great field better. Um, the other 98% of us just can't do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that gets into my last question here. How much field do you use? How much intuition do you use? Because I, I have studied psychology and people say that they have a gut feel. And it's like, oh, I'm not listening to my gut feel. There's actually to get into the brain a little bit, you know, your subconscious. If you have a gut feel, often there's something processing in your brain. And I know a lot of people are laughing at this processing in your brain. That's letting you know, okay, I'm onto something here. Betting from feel though. How much do you usually uh, use it? Cause gut feel, I'll at least go and study what I think I'm feeling. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. When I have that feeling, I want to look at that bet and make sure I'm not missing something. And I can't tell you how many times I've looked at one and been like, I think this is the right side. My gut's telling me it's the right side. And then I don't bet it. And then I watch it soar over or the game just flies where I need it to go. And it's like, well, I just completely missed the boat on that one. So, like, I definitely use the gut feeling a lot. And I hate when I get that second thought of maybe I shouldn't do this. And I usually just click the button just to make sure I don't screw myself. Now, if I lose, I lose. But that gut feeling has screwed me over so many times before holding. I'm not letting you get me again. No, yeah, and again, it's it's tough to stay away from. Um, I've I've seen guys be so good betting feel, and it's just good for them. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) I wish I could do it. Green Bay played the Rams a few weeks ago. It was like Green Bay was Uh the underdog there. It's like I feel like Green Bay is the right side. Mm, Mm -hmm. Part of me thinks this is a trap. If they take my money, they take my money. I'm going with my gut, and Green Bay won the game. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, so sometimes you just got to go with your gut, like you said. Yeah, sometimes you got to go with your gut. Tyler, first of all, amazing stuff. This was just a treasure trove of information. 
when our listeners, our viewers have a chance to, you know, at least listen to some of the process of these guys that are great, great betters. It's going to help them because it's helped me. You know, you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to get better at something. So Tyler, one more time, how do they find you if they want to get in touch with you and plug what you're doing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter under Tyler Hicks. The handle is going to be TH412 underscore. You can find me on Run Pure Bets. I do NBA and NFL work there. We do videos once a week or what? One day every week, except for weekends, me and Spread do the NBA rundowns. We sneak in some NFL videos there. We break down the props every Friday. So definitely just subscribe to the YouTube channel and sign up for the website. You'll get a ton of information, ton of betting picks, and you'll make a ton of money. Great stuff uh, from Tyler here. Tyler Hicks joining me. Thank you very much for listening, watching here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. We'll be back with some more of these, uh, I don't want to call them tutorials, but maybe picking the brains of really good bettors. Be back with more in this series as well. And I hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio. If you got any questions, and thank you very much for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.